On mornings like this, I cannot help but be somewhat mesmerized by the incredible opportunity that each of these children have. I've been privileged, uh, I think I call it a privilege, to travel a little bit uh, to different countries. And, um, and when I look at and kind of get to uh, drink in the opportunity of each of these children that were up on stage a few minutes ago, uh, being born into homes where parents love them, uh, where parents love God, where parents desire to raise their children in a, in a God-honoring uh, environment, in a God-honoring way, where they are surrounded not only by parents, but also by extended family, um, uncles and aunts and cousins, and, and then by a church family that loves and cares for their parents and for them, and, and that is committing, and did just a few minutes ago, <coughs> excuse me, commit to um, um, filling in or helping along in the spiritual growth and well-being through things like Sunday school and children's church and youth groups and, um, and young adults and all kinds of other activities and, and, um, and through simply having other adults uh, interest, show interest into their lives and input into their lives. And I look at these little children and I say, what an unbelievable opportunity these children have compared to so many, so many kids all around the world. The opportunity is incredible. Sometimes we use the phrase, opportunity knocks. This is a gift that I try and regularly incorporate into uh, my thank you prayers. God, thank you for opportunities. I don't know how often you think about that. Saying thanks for opportunities. It's the one thing, again, that I've noticed as I have uh, spent just a little bit of time in developing countries is, is how incredibly uh, generous our opportunities are in our country. And you take a look around and you see how opportunities breed hope or anticipation or life or excitement. Opportunities. The dictionary says that an opportunity is a set of circumstances that makes it possible to do something. Opportunities. Store that word on the shelf for just a moment. We're going to come back to that in a few minutes. Jesse did a great job of introducing our little, as a church here, our little community covenant journey a couple of weeks ago. Hopefully most of you uh, that are regulars here were able to be here that morning, or like me, you were who was up in Lacrete that Sunday morning, but uh, able to listen to it online via podcast. I want to encourage you to do that, the little introduction that Jesse did to our Community Covenant a couple of weeks ago. Uh, it was worth it. So because he already kind of introduced it, I'm not going to do a, a long introduction, uh, but what I want to do is I want to begin to highlight our, our Community Covenant that we have here as a church is kind of set in two different categories or two different directions. It's kind of a two-sided commitment, and so we're going to work at unpacking that in a couple of minutes. But I, I took a look at the word covenant in the dictionary, and in its most uh, uh, basic sense, the word covenant simply means an agreement. Now, as I was beginning to think about that a little bit and checked into that in the dictionary, I came to realize, and this is not rocket science, to understand that an agreement always requires at least 
two parties. Um, sometimes more, but, but most often I would say in its most basic sense, an agreement involves two parties. You cannot have an agreement all by yourself. Now, you might say, hang on, Darren, I, I, okay, I'm with you, I'm with you. Yeah, there are times, and I have certainly used this terminology also, uh, you know, I had a meeting with myself, or I, I made a deal with myself, and I, I hope that you all do that from time to time, but what I'm going to suggest is when that happens, then it's actually you, you somehow doing a mind over matter thing, or you kind of go... Um, I listened to my mind instead of my heart. There were still kind of two parties that were still kind of conversing with each other and somehow these, an agreement or a deal requires that two parties are involved. And so even when we think about, and we use the terminology of, a community covenant, we, we, we immediately think there's got to be two parties. There have to be two parties involved if there's going to be some kind of an agreement. And so way back when we drafted, worked at drafting a, a bit of a, what we call our community covenant, um, then we tried to already reflect that, that, that you make a commitment to the church, but, but the church also makes a commitment to you. It's, it's two parties kind of coming to an agreement together or making a commitment to each other. And we tried to reflect that as we drafted uh, our little community covenant. Uh, in the church's commitment to you. Over and over we use the word opportunity. The church is committed to give you an opportunity. The church is committed to give you an opportunity. And it's up to you to decide, I guess, how you respond to those opportunities. It's that two-sided thing. Now, let me be very um, open and upfront right off the bat. Um, when I speak about this, kind of a dangerous, the side of, the, of this agreement that I need to speak about for a few minutes this morning, the church's commitment to you is, is, is dangerous. I'll be the first to acknowledge and recognize that because as I'm going to be speaking, you're going to be sitting there and you're going to be saying, <laughs> no, Darren, the church failed me on that one. And, uh, oh, no, and the church failed me on that one. And the church failed so-and-so on that one. And I'm going to say, you're right. You are bang on. The church has failed over and over and over. That doesn't mean that we're not committed to doing our absolute best to do this. But yes, we, we fail. I'm reminded actually of, uh, of uh, the, the local town skeptic. Not our town, of course. We don't have those in our community. But a local, ah, local town skeptic who came to a local pastor and the local pastor had invited him to church, and he said, Pastor, I am never coming to your church because your church is full of hypocrites. And the pastor looked at him, a quick-witted pastor, not like me. He, he, he looked at him and he said, uh, on that score, you are wrong. Our church is not yet full. <laughs> today, of course, we couldn't say that because it is full here today, but, but he was right. The church is full of hypocrites. We do not live up to what we want to live up to. We do not live up to what God has called us to live up to. But we're pursuing, we're working, we're trying, and we're committed to doing our best to do some of these things for you. In this little agreement thing that God, in His Word, in the Bible, has called us to do. 
And each one of these comments that we make, each one of these little statements that we make, although we try and make it kind of sound flashy and sequential and everything else, but um, we, we have done our utmost to try and draw that right out of um, God's Word, the Bible. And so today I do want to embark on that little dangerous journey together with you. I do want to talk very briefly in the next couple of minutes about what the church is committed to giving you. Now, it's also a little bit of a problem because um, as soon as you start pointing fingers at what the church has, where the church has all failed, um, right on the heels of that, though, the recognition comes, and, and, but I am actually the church. You are actually the church. It's, 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 it's actually you, all of you, all of us, that make up the church. And so it's, it's kind of strange because it's in a way it's, you making a commitment to yourself. Uh, or rather, we should look, you making a commitment to all the people that are sitting around you. I, we, as a church, want to do this to you and to you and to you. And as you look around you, the, these are the people that you, that we, are making this commitment statement to. The church. So, with that little preamble, uh, what is the church's part of the community covenant. What does the church covenant to give you? Actually, what kind of opportunities does the church covenant to give you? Now, in the interest of time, I'm not going to look at all the little details that we've got spelled out. I totally invite you, if you want to, even here already, you can pull out your devices and you can go to our little website, pvchurch.ca, and if you want to take a look at the belief section, and under the belief section, you're going to see something called the covenant, the community covenant. And if you want to click on that, you'll see it in more detail, but it's going to be up here in its most basic form. And I'm not going to have every scripture verse that we include in the online version up on the screen here, but we're going to pick and choose a couple of verses that, uh, that connect with each one of these opportunities that the church is committed to giving you. First off, we lump several things together and we say the church, our church, this community is committed to giving you an opportunity to fellowship. It's probably one of the things that is most notable in the New Testament is the fact that people were created, that God intended when he came up with the idea of church, he intended that there would be community, fellowship, that people would get together and that they would eat together. There's a lot of that actually in the New Testament. And so you were bang on here, Kyle, by, uh, by encouraging, challenging us to get ready to eat together in a couple of weeks. Actually, we kind of did that in view of, we picked that date in view of the fact that that's the morning when we want to get together here and we actually do want to do a little symbolic signing of a new copy of the Community Covenant, all of us uh, together. And so we want to eat together following um, that little symbolic gesture that we do here together because that's part of fellowship. Jesse read verses out of Romans chapter 12 last week, um, or two weeks ago, verses 4 to 6. And like many other places in the Bible, this section also uses the body imagery, how we all together form one body, though we have different gifts and different functions, but we are one body all together. And then he used the word that I have often highlighted over the years, and I, I, I really like this, he said, and it says in Romans 12, 4 to 6, and each member belongs. To me, that's a huge word, belongs. 
And I, and, and I am passionate about, and I long to see all of us together as a church community be passionate about um, finding a way, creating an environment, a sense where everybody feels like they belong. It's such a, such a unique word, and the difference is so vast between feeling like you belong someplace, and you can try and imagine what that all means, feeling what that means for you, if you think about feeling like you belong someplace, or feeling like you do not belong someplace. And the difference is just, is just huge between those two feelings, those two senses. And our deepest, deepest desire is that we would be a church family here where everybody that comes and everybody that is a regular here for sure and others that come also would feel like they can belong. It's a huge word, but we're called to that as a church family and we're committed to doing that together, creating that kind of an environment where we can help people to feel like they belong. In some ways, it's actually not that difficult. Um, it feels very daunting sometimes, but, uh, but it begins by being passionate, looking around on a regular basis, look, simply looking around and, and, and asking that question continuously. Is there anybody here? Is there anybody that looks like they feel like they don't belong right now? Oh, yeah, there he is. And you walk over and how are you today? How was your week? Um, sorry, I should probably remember your name, but I'm Darren, you're, there's just a few little, tell, how was your week? Tell me a little bit more. There's just a few little simple things, and it's not, yeah, it might be awkward the first few times, or it might be awkward all the time, but those are little things that we can do to simply help each other feel like we belong. We are in a place where we belong. That's our first goal. Romans chapter 6, and you'll see uh, verses 1, actually, um, Galatians chapter 6, you see verses 1 and 2 up on the screen. It talks a little bit about the depth of fellowship that God is calling us to. I love, if you keep on reading in Galatians chapter 6, when you get to verse 10, uh, therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all people, especially to those who belong to the family of believers. It's a verse that kind of incorporates several of the words that we're talking about here today. So we want to create an opportunity for fellowship. We also want to create an opportunity to learn. An opportunity to learn. Um, much of that springs out of the opportunity to fellowship. There's different things that we do as we try to fellowship together. We have Sunday school, we have youth, we have young adults, we have sharing time in our church. All of that is kind of body life stuff. And then on the heels of that, or together with that, we want to incorporate or be part of creating an environment where we learn together. I think if I look at our preaching team, again, you can be quick to point out when and how we fail, but we are committed to preach and teach well. We want to do that here. We want to do our best to prepare well when we preach. And today, I want to say that I feel so incredibly blessed as I think about handing off a portion of the baton that I have been called to carry here for the last 21 years, that I am handing it off to someone who is passionate about teaching well. And someone who is gifted to teach well and somebody who's committed to prepare well. Because we want to be a church where there will be an opportunity to learn. 
We are committed to teach well in different areas, not just here on Sunday morning in front of the pulpit. We want to do that also in small groups and in Sunday school classes. Um, Alyssa Thiessen and the rest of the Sunday school exec have worked very hard at coming up with kind of a new format for our Sunday school program for this year. And all of that is an attempt. It's, it's, it's a desire to, to teach well so that there will be opportunity for children to learn and young adults and youth to learn. It's all, all the time and the energy and the effort is for that purpose that we would create a place where people can learn. I have benefited so incredibly much from great teachers over the years. Some of them have been in the environment of very much where I was listening. I was sitting where you are right now, and I was listening. And I was wondering how long it was going to take till he was going to be done, he or she. But you're listening, and it's kind of the monologue thing. But I have also learned every bit as much from many, many situations where there have been discussion groups. And you have been the teachers. Not the formal teachers, but you've been the ones that have been sharing how life happens in your world. How do you live out the kingdom in your world? And I've listened, and over and over that has contributed to teaching that I needed in order to learn how to do kingdom life here in the real world. And so all together we do this. It's not just about those of us standing behind the pulpit. We're also committed to give you an opportunity to serve. Um, it's interesting because serving or working for other people uh, is often something that for some reason has brought about somewhat negative connotations. Uh, and yet, I find it over and over, uh, honestly, serving seems to be one of the biggest aspects of getting the feeling or the sense that you belong someplace. When you begin to use the energy, the gifts, the talents, the abilities that God has given you and you start putting them on the table and you unselfishly use them for the benefit of other people, all of a sudden you start feeling like, I, hmm, yeah, yeah, I, I belong here. I'm, I, I'm contributing with the gifts and abilities that God has given me and I, and I like this and, and it feels like, and there's some satisfaction connected to this, this opportunity to serve and taking advantage of that opportunity. Romans chapter 12, I already pointed to those verses. Uh, they tie those concepts together, the, the fellowship concept and the learning concept and the serving concept. Romans chapter 12, and I, I, like, I like what it says. It talks about the different abilities and giftedness and how when the body functions well, all of those different parts of the body, all of the different giftedness and the different abilities are all contributing together. They're contributing for the well-being of the body and the kingdom. And so when we serve together, we fellowship better, we belong better, and we learn from each other. Some of the most enjoyable times of getting to know new people, and I'm pretty sure most of you could vouch for this, have been when you were serving side by side with somebody. So one of the reasons why I, I kind of wish, now I, this, is, this is real easy for me to say, uh, I kind of wish that they had never invented uh, dishwashers for church kitchens. Because so much good fellowship, and I, I'll vouch for this, I, I've had a tea towel in my hand a few times myself, so much good fellowship happens uh, during do, the, the dishes time, following uh, a potluck. And, uh, and during chair cleanup time and table cleanup time and all the different serving type stuff that needs to happen in the church when we fellowship together. 
Uh, an example of this giftedness and how that works uh, has happened to me many different times. Someone came to me uh, uh, quite a while ago and said, uh, I like this, they said, I cannot focus on your message when there's a bulb burnt out in the church sanctuary. And I said, that's fantastic, because that means you need to be in charge of changing bulbs in the sanctuary. And somebody else came to me and they said, I cannot sing, I cannot focus on worship if there's a word spelt wrong on the screen over here. Fantastic. You need to be in that booth back there, and you need to be helping with, and I'm not saying this out of spite. This is true. These things are an indication of how we're wired and where we're gifted to serve. And so if you don't like the message this morning, what does that mean? Yeah, start preparing. You're up next Sunday. What I'm trying to say is we want everyone to have the opportunity to serve and every single one of you is wired in a way to contribute to the well-being of the body. And when we do church well together, then that's what happens. We serve together. We're also committed, and this is the last of the four little points here, in our covenant in what the church is committing to give you. We're also committed to give you an opportunity to receive spiritual care and nurture. There are times for everybody when we have nothing to give. Yep. There are times for everybody when we have nothing to give. There are low times in our lives when we simply need to be fed and nurtured by others. We want to be a church family where you can be okay when you are there. Where you are in a time when you simply need to be fed and nurtured and cared for because at this very moment you have nothing to give. There are times when we count on those who are stronger or more mature or more stable or wiser to serve us. And we want to be a church family where that is okay. Where you, when you feel that you need to be spiritually nurtured and cared for, you do not need to run the other way because I don't belong there unless I'm feeling on top of the world. There's many different times like that in our lives. Some of them are low times. Some of them are other times when we just simply kind of feel a little bit selfish. And we want to be a part of those. We want to help provide those opportunities for you. I can't help but think of um, weddings. We've had a few of those in our family in the last few years. Probably the one time in life, I hope I'm okay by saying this, when, uh, when all of us are real self-centered. And, um, and, we, and we really, really want others to contribute to our excitement. Absolutely, that's fantastic. That's perfect. That's exactly what should happen in the context of church. Or, or when you have a baby. Another one of the, and that's the illustration we had here this morning. When you have a baby, we want to be a church family where at that moment in time, we can, we can be the ones to feed and to nurture and to help phys physically feed. I hope that happens, and I know it does happen. And, uh, and we have an active and lively young moms group, probably the most vital ministry that we've got in our church right now. It's, I think it's one of the greatest things that we've got going in our church right now, and I want to bless the young moms group that we've got going in our church family. But there's so many different times and ways. Baptism is another way when it's kind of all about you and we want to be there to help prepare you and, and bring you and, and feed you and nurture you. We want to be a church family that during special events and special times in your lives, special both good and sometimes negative, we want to be a church family that is there to, to nurture and feed 
you. Our time is up, and we're done. A community covenant is an agreement, an agreement between two parties. In this case, it's an agreement between you and your church family. And today we've simply highlighted the opportunities that this church wants to, is committed to, offering you. Opportunity to fellowship, opportunity to serve, opportunity to learn, opportunity to receive spiritual care and nurture. If you're back here next Sunday, Jesse is going to take us on a little journey of what you, in turn, commit to the rest of the church or to your church family that's committed to giving you this. And then, like I already mentioned on the 17th, two weeks from today, we want to conclude and we want to spend time together symbolizing our agreement to each other by putting our names on a new copy of our community covenant. Blessings on you and our church family.